got something else. I, I, I'll tell you, and I've prefaced this in a couple of times to say that in the glory realm, in the realm of the Holy Spirit, in the supernatural, when you are in the supernatural and the Holy Ghost is asking you to be obedient, yeah. he only gives you a very small window to obey him. Usually in my ministry, it has been about uh, 40 seconds. And if you don't obey him, he moves to another. Usually below a minute. So for the Lord to have your servant always for the last six, eight, ten services talking about the Holy Ghost, it means that God's hand has been extended and his mercy has been extended. And God is wanting to do something in this church. God is not only wanting to do something in the church, he wants to do something with you. Yes, yes. I'm sure before it's all over with, uh, I'll wind up offending a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I also know, and I'm sure before it's all over with, that there's going to be a whole lot of you that's just tugged closer to the Lord. Right. And I believe that God is ready for you to have more of the Holy Ghost and you to him to have more of you. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a preacher earlier this week. And he said that when someone in the church gets too fascinated with the Holy Ghost, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And for the life of me, I can't, can't see that. Because yeah. when Jesus was here, he glorified the Father. And Jesus said when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to glorify him. Yeah. And he is here now as our comforter, yeah. our helper. Yeah. And I think when we get fascinated with him, we're going to glorify Jesus. Yeah. And when we glorify Jesus, we're going to glorify the Father. So I'm fascinated with the Holy Ghost. I want to get fascinated with him. I want to learn as much about him as I possibly can. I want him to know me and to know me by name. Not only know me by name, but know what I'm capable of and know what I'm willing to do and to be with me everywhere I go. I'm thankful today that even at times in my life when I feel like that I'm away from him, that he has never left me. I can tell you, there's been times, and, I, and, and I've been walking through my house, and I just had to stop. And if, I, I just had the sense that the Holy Spirit was there sitting on my couch. And I was wondering to myself, why are you there with me? I've been out in the yard all day. And he says, well, I've been waiting on you to talk to me. And if you'll talk to me, I'll go with you and help you do whatever I want you. So everyone here tonight, say good evening, Holy Spirit. I'll just say Holy Ghost. Good evening, Holy Ghost. Ask him how he is. Say, how are you tonight? Are you happy tonight? Are you happy so far in this church service? Have you got out of there what you want so far? Are you going to be here tonight to move in a wonderful way? Are you going to open up the hearts and the souls and the minds of your people so that we can see where the Holy Spirit is carrying us tonight? Where the Holy Ghost is going to be and where he's encamping and where he's dwelling. I have said in our ministry, speaking to you in the last few weeks, that God desires to set up a glory realm throne zone in Bladenboro. And I believe that he's called Living Water to do that. Amen. Now, not alone. I believe that Living Water is going to be working with other churches Amen. as well. I believe that there's going to be a breakdown in the denominationalism because we've got to get into one accord to get done what God yes, wants done. Yes, and we've got to get in tune. And once we get in tune, then God is going to move and do something miraculous. And God is ready to do it. We've got so many that has got close. And we've got close for the last couple of Sunday services. And right in the middle of it, then we've let the devil come and steal it away. We're not wanting that to happen again. Yes, we want the Holy Spirit to be welcome tonight. So everyone just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. 
You're welcome here tonight. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the living God, our Heavenly Father, come into our church service tonight. Walk through each and every pew. Touch every brow. Station angels at each corner. Station angels beside each one of your individuals. Father, as I reach up tonight, Lord God, to you, let me grab hold of your messenger. Let me hear his words as you have spoken them through the throne for this congregation tonight. Father, I would pray tonight that you would anoint me. I pray, Lord God, that not only would you anoint my voice, that you will anoint my ears tonight, that you will anoint my feet tonight, that you will anoint me. Use me. And as your altar purges me of every human dross, Lord, tonight I lay myself upon your altar. I ask you, Lord God, for tonight for me to be able to speak and to say only that that I hear from you as an oracle from you. And I'll give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' precious name in our church said amen. amen. Again, say good evening, Holy Spirit. Good evening, Holy Ghost. How are you? John chapter 2. Then we'll go to John chapter 12, I think, 14, I think it is. And then we're going to go to 1 John chapter number 2. St. John chapter number 2. Quickly review. We've talked about the realm of faith, the realm of anointing, the realm of glory. We talked Sunday about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Haven't really preached about it yet, just getting you prepared for what you're getting ready for. Yeah. We've talked about you being a personal portal of power, that you are a portal, a walking realm of glory. You have the spirit of glory on you. Everybody and I say, I have the spirit of glory on me. And then say, I have the spirit upon me. Not only do you have the spirit upon you, you have the spirit of glory in you. Jesus said, I am the hope of, of glory and I live on the inside of you. Jesus is in you. We've been talking about that as we are progressing. You start in the realm of faith. And we've talked about faith extensively. Then you move as you grow into that realm and you transfer out of that realm to the realm of the anointing. The anointing changes the type of individual you are when it hits you. I want you to hear what I just said. The anointing changes what type of individual you are when it hits you. Amen. You might be a different individual, even look at things differently, but when the anointing hits you, it changes you. You become a new man, Amen. a new woman, a different Amen. one. You think differently. You hear differently. You act differently. Your voice is louder. It's got a different inflection. The Holy Ghost pours out his spirit upon you. And we talked about the glory realm of God and what is in the glory realm of God and that God is desiring to show up in the cloud of glory in the church again. Not only the doxa glory of Jesus Christ, not only the Shekinah glory of God, but he wants to show up in his weight. And when he shows up in his weight, we get our eyes and our attention and our focus off of the things out in the world. And we start focusing on the weight of God. Amen. And we need to get our minds off of what the world is doing. We need to get our minds off of what the troubles of our life are doing Amen. and see the weight of the glory of God. Because when we get our mind on the weight of the glory of God, it will literally obliterate anything that the enemy tries to do in your life. The Bible says the yoke shall be destroyed by the anointing. The anointing of God destroys the yoke, pulverizes it, is that word. It means it, it blows it up into millions of pieces where you can't put it back together again. It's worse than trying to put a jigsaw puzzle together, together again. When the anointing hits you, the yoke, the issues that Satan has in your life is destroyed, and he cannot put them back together in your life 
because he has been defeated at the cross and you are walking in the power and the victory that Jesus won at the cross and you are cleaned by the blood of Jesus Christ. If somebody here ought to just give God a good hand clap for that tonight. Amen. John chapter number two says, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to that marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Ask your neighbor right beside him and say, do you want some wine? wine? Problem is we ain't got no wine to give you. None is prepared. In other words, the church I feel like has kind of run out of wine. Uh -oh. <laughs> but thanks be to God, we serve a God that can do something about it. Amen. Amen. So it says, they wanted wine, and the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus said, woman, and her woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the service, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Everybody holler out and say, go do it. Go do it. Whatever the Holy Ghost tells you to do yeah. from this point on, do it. Do it. Everybody just holler out and say, Holy Ghost, help me do it. It says, and then the, and there were there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. That is what they used to ceremoniously wash you when you went into the church or you went in to do anything in anybody's house. I'm here to tell you what God is doing, even down to the rituals of religion, is about to change. Did you hear me now? I said everything that we've been used to in the church is changing. We are in a new era. We are not just in a new move. We are in a new era. And when you're in a new era, you're in a new epoch. And a new epoch is meaning that everything is in a transformational transition. That's where we're feeling this. How many of you here in your heart right now, you kind of feel like God's up to something and you know God is acting you. Maybe you don't know exactly what he's doing and you got some pressure on the inside of it and you just feel like if I could just find what the Holy Ghost is doing, I'll jump in and I'll help him, but you haven't had it revealed yet. That is God in you, transitioning you and getting you ready for the new era that God is about to move in. Not only has he already moved into heavenlies, but he's about to manifest into this realm, that's prophetic to you. You ought to get that tonight. He's about to literally manifest in his glory here on the earth and in you and in his service. And we are going to win this generation behind us for the Lord. It's due, it's time, and it's and this generation is ready. And we need to be the catalyst to that to happen. Amen. So God is in the middle of a transformational transition in the church. There are people in the church that are upset about how church is going and how we've been doing church. We are at the point where we don't want church being done anymore without the Holy Ghost. We don't want church growth without the Holy Ghost. We don't want no, no praise without the Holy Ghost. We don't want no worship without the Holy Ghost. We don't want no preaching without the Holy Ghost. And God is saying, I'm bringing back the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to do something for you. Now, before I read any further, I want you to understand that right now, this moment, at the very hour, some 2,000 years ago, in an upper room in Jerusalem, the disciples had spent 40 days with Jesus, and Jesus had ascended up to heaven. And Jesus told them, you go into Jerusalem, and you wait for me until the promise of the Holy Ghost is coming. So here we have now, at this point, we have them sitting in the upper room right now, praying in one accord, waiting for the Holy Ghost to show up, which will show up this Sunday. 
and it's going to break loose. And it broke loose somewhere in the hours between 6 and 10 o'clock because at 10 o'clock, Peter stood up and he said, we're in the ninth hour of the day between 9 and 10. I'm sorry, the third hour of the day and these people ain't drunk. So the Holy Ghost showed up early on Sunday morning and Sunday we're going to come in on the day of Pentecost. We're going to celebrate our anniversary. In the kingdom of God. In other words, you got an anniversary with the church, with, with, with God himself. The church was inaugurated on that day. It is our anniversary. Just look at somebody right beside me and say, happy anniversary. happy anniversary. So right now, we are preparing ourselves for our anniversary party coming Sunday. And I want to share something with you. It is Tina and I's anniversary on Sunday. So you're getting a double blessing at the same time. So here we are now. We're in a spiritual place where we are waiting for the Holy Ghost. Just tap that beside him and say, now wait on God for a little bit. Because God is in a transitional move. He's in a transitional move to where he is about to transform everything that we've been used to. So we're going to get ready for some changes. Amen. And it's going to go all the way down to the actual rituals of how we conduct ourselves in our religious duty unto God. We're going to start praising the Lord different. We're going to start worshiping the Lord different. Your preacher's going to start preaching different if he hadn't done it already. And you're going to start acting different, walking different, and living different. And you're going to be in the power of the Holy Ghost. We've been in the wilderness now. We've been tempted by the enemy. And we've overcome. And we're going to come down out of the mountain in the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's time for the church to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. And then Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. Look at somebody say, fill yourself up. The Bible says, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody holler out and say, I got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you got baptized a thousand years ago. You need a refilling on a daily basis. It's time for a refilling. What you got back yonder ain't what we need right now. That's old wine. We need some new wine. We need some new wine. And we need some new cloths. And we need some new wine bottles. And God is getting some new wine bottles prepared in living water to accommodate the new wine that he's sending. Jesus said, fill it with water. And then he told him, he says, and they went and they buried it. I'm sorry. He told him, he said, and they filled them up to the brim. Look at somebody and say, they filled them up to the brim. Filled them up to the brim. Just holler out and tell somebody right beside you, say, you got to get filled to the brim. You got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. That is your assignment from here on now to Sunday. You need to get filled to the brim with the Holy Ghost. You need to ask God to refill you if you have been filled. If you ain't been filled, you need to ask him to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. You need to come in here Sunday morning with an expectation that God is going to give you a double blessing of the anointing of Elijah. And he's going to pour it out on you. And he's going to change not only your life, but your family's life, your church's life, and your nation's life. God is up to something. And we're merely doing it right now. He said, I'm amassing an army. I've been doing it for a while. And I'm about ready to release it. So he said, I'm going to clean everything up even right down to the very rituals of things. And then he said unto them, draw out now. Draw out tomorrow. Draw out next week. Draw out three months from now. He said, draw out now. Look at somebody say, you got to start drawing out now. I've been telling you all along that God said I'm ready to do it now. Amen. Sunday morning I preached a message to you entitled Separate Unto Me Now. Separate Now. 
fill yourself up now. Start drawing out now because the blessing you receive Sunday will be graded on how much you draw out of what God has put on the inside of you. So I'm going to tell you right now, get prepared, get up, get excited, get here to the church, get ready, come in with a song in your heart, come in with a clap in your hand, a step in your foot, get ready for God to pour out the Spirit of God again, because we ain't leaving Sunday till we feel the glory of Almighty God. And we can feel it tonight too, I'm just telling you, get ready for Sunday, because God's got something for you tonight too, amen. Everybody holler out and say, draw out now! So he said, draw out now and bear it to the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water out knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then they which is that which is worth. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. And then it says, verse 11, this beginning of miracles, circle that word, miracles, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Amen. Amen. Ask your neighbor right beside me and say, are you well drunk? Are you so intoxicated with the power of the Holy Ghost you couldn't handle another? I don't know about you. I need a refilling. I need to get drunk. How many want to have a party with me? Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Smile. Let's have a party Sunday morning. Amen. Right. Let's come in here ready for the power of God to show up. Yes. Let's move in the way we need to. Now flip with me, if you will, over to chapter number 14. And this is as it goes on a little bit further. I read that because that's very important for us tonight as we go forward with this. John chapter number 14. We're going to start reading at verse number 10 and go through verse 14. It's good to see Dee back here tonight. It's good yeah. to see Aunt Janice here back tonight as well. I'm, I'm prayerful and thankful tonight. And I'll, I'll tell you, I want all of you to be praying tomorrow. I think they're having church service, worship, uh, sorry, prayer service here tomorrow while they're here at the church. Everybody that can come, come on Thursday if you can. Join them and come and pray down the glory. That's your job. I want you to lay these, these maps out here. I want you to lay on them, grab a hold of these, uh, these globes, cast the devil out of the world, and let's move on. Amen. Verse number 10, it says, Believest thou that not, believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, underline the next phrase, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works yeah. that I do, yeah. shall he do also, and greater yeah. works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Notice that there it says, it is the Father that does the works. If you believe that Jesus is in the Father and the Father in him, and you believe on the work's sake, he says that you will do the, the same works that Jesus done, and you will do greater works than what Jesus done. Everybody say, I'm going to do greater works than what Jesus done. Now, flip with me over to 1 John chapter number 2. I, I thank God tonight for our brother John. He's good to, to us all. I'm not just talking about John Hargraves. I'm talking about the John I'm reading from. First John is really good to us tonight. 
I believe he was the one that was literally closest to the Lord. He was really close to the Lord in relation, and he was also close to the Lord in his heart. First John chapter number 2, and we're going to read verse 20, and we're going to read verse 27. If you got that tonight, say amen. But you, ye, have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie and, and no lie is of the truth. Yeah. Everybody say, I have an unction from the Holy Ghost. You have an unction, an anointing. You have a power from Jesus Himself. Look at verse number 27. It says, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointed teaches you of all things, and is truth, and it is no lie. And even as have taught you, you shall abide in him. Everybody say, I have an anointing from Jesus. Say it again. Say, I have new, I know all things. Look at another and say, I know all the truth. Now, you might not walk in it all the time, and you might not live in it all the time, but deep on the inside of you, you have everything you need. You've got all the knowledge you need, and you've got the whole truth. You know the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and you're going to be able to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. So tonight, I want to talk with you about entering in to the realm of the miraculous. Everybody say a miracle. miracle. How many need a miracle in your life right now? Amen. Yes. Now we're going to talk about a miracle tonight. We're going to talk about signs and wonders. We're going to talk about what's going to happen. And it is, it is bear proof to you that the Bible says that his word would not return void. So when the Holy Ghost laid it on my heart to come to you and to preach to you and tell you that you're about to enter into the realm of miracle, you better get ready because miracles are about to happen right in this church. You better get ready because it's about to happen in your life. You better get ready. It's about to happen in your finances. It's about to happen in your health. Some of you are going to come out of the victim stage and out of the patient stage. And you're going to walk in the power of Almighty God because God said, I'm visiting my children again with a miracle. You're going to see cancer leap off of people's body and out of people's body. You're going to see God begin to do something to awaken this generation and to awaken this church up. We're at the point where it's going to take the work of God through the Holy Ghost to change the church and to change the world. I know it. I can preach all day long, but it's going to take God to perform what's preached. And I'm preaching to you tonight to get ready that there's coming a miracle. Get ready because God is about to fill the pews back up. Get ready because he's bringing a revival. A miracle is on the way. Signs and wonders you're going to see. God is going to start turning things around. He's going to turn around the most wicked sinners that you've ever seen and he's going to save those that are drunks and those that are hooked on chemical meth and they're hooked on drugs and he He's going to bring them out of the six ends of the world and bring them into all truth. And God is going to let them see the light because we are about to enter in the realm of the miraculous. Jesus told us that greater things is prepared for us. Say that with me. Say greater things is prepared for me. Now, as you determine enter, to enter into the glory realm of Almighty God and the Holy Ghost, you're going to begin to start seeing some miracles. The deeper you go in it, the quicker you're going to see it. Jesus said the works that he performed were, was done for two reasons, and they were done for, because of two things. They were done, number one, because he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. Slap down beside him and say, get in him. 
this. See, he was in the Father and the Father was in him. He said, one of the reasons I was able to do the works I was able to do is because the Father was in me and I was in him. In other words, what God is telling us is that we have got to wake up and we got to start praying more. We got to start fasting more. We got to start worshiping him more. We got to spend more time with him. We got to cut the television off and cut the radio off. We got to open up our face into the perfect law of liberty and spend some time with the glory of Almighty God. He said, if you want me in you, I've got to be in you and you got to do the work to fill yourself up. So when you fill yourself up, you can draw out what you need. God is telling you, if you want to experience the realm of the miraculous, the first thing you got to do is get in Jesus and let Jesus get deep on the inside of you. Now, I told you Sunday morning that the word intimacy means how deep are you in me? I want you to understand that God is asking the question to his church tonight, how deep are you into the Holy Ghost? Yeah, it's great to have the Holy Ghost, but we need to get deep into the Holy Ghost and we need to get deeper than we've ever been before in our life. And if we want to enter into the miraculous, the first thing we got to do is we got to get into Jesus and let Jesus get into us. It's, it's something that we've got to minister to. Now, the second thing is this, is that the Father in Jesus did the works that Jesus done. What we're fixing to talk about here in our church and what we're about to see in this church, Aunt Janice, we ain't going to be the one doing them anyhow. I ain't going to be the one working the miracles. You ain't going to be the one working the miracles. You ain't going to be the one that's going to bring down the glory. We're going to see the Father do it. And the deeper we get into Jesus and the more we get into the Holy Ghost and the more we let the Holy Ghost get into us, the more the Father and His glory and His thrones on we're going to see. God is coming back to live in water and He's coming back to the church. And I want you to know it's a whole lot closer than you've ever thought it was. Get yourself ready because here comes the outpouring. God is sending it. We're entering into the realm of the miraculous. Amen. Now that word works there. He said the greater works than these you're going to do for me there in the, in the Greek is the word ergon. And it literally means, gives us the English word energy. He's saying the energy that is being produced is from the Father. He goes further. He's talking about performing a meritorious good work for the Lord. But it also denotes that it's a business, that it's an employment. And it, it means there's a job that you undertake to do. I want you to look at your neighbor right beside of you. Get him and say you're a business owner. Say like it means say you're a business owner. You're supposed to be working in your business. And your business is to be able to do greater works than Jesus ever did. You have been hired, recruited, and you're being paid by God himself, the Holy Ghost. You need to get busy on your job. Slap that beside of you and say get busy on your job. God ain't happy with people laying out of work. God ain't happy with people showing up at his work late and missing the opportunity. God don't want us asleep. He wants us awake. He wants us ready. He said, you got a business, and I hired you, and I employed you, and I put you in that business to do greater works than Jesus ever done in his life. Are you here with me tonight? Amen. Everybody will say, I got a business. You got a job. Your job is not to sit on that pew. Your job is not to sit there and be pretty. Your job is not to sit there and sound good. Your job is to do greater works than Jesus ever done. And the only way you're going to do it is to get into the Holy Ghost and get deep into the Holy Ghost. How many of you want to do everything that God wants you to do and you want to be all you want to be? Get into Jesus. Let Jesus get in you. Get into the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost get deep on the inside of you. Get on your job. Open up your business like it's supposed to be. Keep 
open 24 hours a day, allow the Holy Ghost to move in and out of it and perform the duty that God called you to do. You're supposed to be at work, and let me share with you, you can go to work and you'll get paid. You'll get paid a whole lot quicker than any man will ever pay you. Smiling, somebody say, I got a business. That word works in Aragon also means that you literally are medicine to the insides of the people that you minister to. You are God's pharmacy here on this earth. You are God's medicine to those that need it on the inside. Not only is God medicine to you, the Bible said his word is medicine to you and he sent it to you to heal you. He's telling us that the very thing that he put on the inside of you, when you began to release it in your job and you began to operate your business like you're supposed to, that you are giving out medicine to people that needs a healing. They can need a healing in their health. They can need a healing in their emotions. You, they need a healing in their relationship. You can allow the Holy Ghost to move into you to change people on the inside. You don't change people on the inside by grumbling at them. You don't change people on the inside by embarrassing them. You literally hold them accountable and you give them the medicine of God himself. And you got the medicine in you. Everybody holler out and say, I got the medicine in me. It also means, the third meaning of that word, is it is talking about the intrinsic natural power that is stored in an active carrier. And here I want you to make this proclamation before I go any further tonight and say, I am an active carrier of God's intrinsic natural power. You are an active carrier of God's power. The world is not going to see God's power unless they see it through you. The world ain't going to see God's power unless they see it in your life. The world is not going to see the power of God unless he see it through the church. God needs to be able to manifest himself, but he needs his employees to be about their duty and doing their job. Look at somebody and say, go about your duty now. Let's get to work. Let's get busy. Let's open up our job. Let's get it done in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but in the spiritual realm, I want to have the most prosperous business that any one of y'all. I'm covetous of that, and I'm envious of that. I want to be blessed by God more than any of y'all. But I want y'all to be right there with me. Amen. I want God to bless my business. I want God to bless my ministry. It's not just Kip that God called to stand up and preach the word and to minister medicine. He called you to change some people. You can change that drunk's life. You can change that drug addict's life. You can learn how to let the Holy Ghost come in and change them. You can be the catalyst and the active care of the power of Almighty God. You can move in it in the glory of the power of the Holy Ghost. Someone say amen. Everybody say the works. I, that he done, I'm going to do better. Now turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 30. I want to share something else with you. So many of us are going before the Lord and we're asking God to come in and do something or another, but we got a mindset that it's so far away from us that we've got to pray it down, that we've got to do all this stuff, and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. But I want to break that thought down tonight because that thought is not a thought from God himself. That's a thought from the enemy himself. God don't want you to think that what he's put on the inside of you resides in heaven. He don't want you to think that what he put on the inside of you is in Asia somewhere. It's on the inside of you. He wants you to use it in you. Amen. In verse number 11 of chapter 30 of um, 
Deuteronomy, as God was speaking to the children of Israel in verse number 11, and I got to move one page too far, give me just a second. It says, For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do all? Do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and to do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Are y'all getting that point now? He said it's not hidden from you. He's saying it's not very far off from you. No, it's not up in heaven. It's not over there in a foreign country. You ain't got to go on a plane ride to get it. You ain't got to go to California to get it. You ain't got to run no profit down nowhere else in a foreign country. It's right there on the inside of you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. And I put it there so that you can speak it and you can do what is put on the inside of you. You can live victorious through the power of the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to wait for it to show up. It's already showed up. You ain't got to wait for the miraculous to come. It's already here. You ain't got to wait for the glory realm to show up. It's already here. You ain't got to wait for the anointing to come. It's already here. You ain't got to wait for faith. It's been deposited on the inside of you. You got to see that it's in you and you got it in you to get the job done. Everybody holler out and say, he put it in me and I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. In Luke chapter 17, verse 20 through 21, Jesus said this, said, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God shall come, he answered them, and he said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here it is, or lo, there it is. For behold, he said, the kingdom of God is within you. Everybody say that, say, The kingdom of God is in me. Tell your neighbor, say, It's in you. We got it in you. The kingdom of God is in you. Somebody, if you understood what God was saying, you'd be shouting right now. Because the kingdom of God dwells on the inside of you. The kingdom and the power and the reign and the rule and the gloriousness and the majesty of God himself dwells on the inside of you. His kingdom's in you. You ain't going to get it by observing stuff. You got to get it by tapping into what Jesus put on the inside of you. Jesus said, look, study this. Look at it real deep. Pay attention. The kingdom of God is in you. In the Lord Worship Center, the kingdom of God is in us. We're going to walk in the kingdom of God. We're going to walk in the dominion of God. We're going to walk in the power of God. We're going to walk in the healing of God. We're going to walk in the dax of glory of God. We're going to walk in the Shekinah glory of God. We're going to see the weight of Almighty God and the Kabod glory of God. We're going to start moving because God put the kingdom in us so that we can move in dominion and have power in our lives. Someone shout out amen. Amen. Now that word kingdom in the Greek is palacia, I'm sorry, balasia. And it literally means basilia, I'm sorry. And it means the foundation of power. He's saying the foundation of power is on the inside of you. He says the king's power is on the inside of you. Everybody say the king's power is in me. It also means the king's rule is on the inside of you. In other words, when you speak, you speak in the kingly anointing of Jesus Christ and it's got to bow down. Every knee will bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And when you speak the word that Jesus put in you, everything has got to bow down right before you. Your enemy will come to your feet and bow at your feet because you are operating in the kingdom of God and the power of it on the inside of you. 
He's telling you there is a realm of power inside of you. And that realm of power has the power of dominion. And you literally are in the courthouse of the king. And you are in the palace of a king. The kingdom of God is in you. And you are royalty. And it's time for you to start acting like you're royalty. You need to start sending out some kingly degrees. You need to start sending out some kingly orders. You need to start letting hell know you crossing over into the king's palace. And when you walk in the king's palace, you better pay attention to the king. Because when you mess with me, you're not just messing with me. You're messing with the kingdom of God. You're messing with Jesus. You're messing with the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You're messing with his comforter, his Holy Ghost that's in here taking care and helping me and getting me through it. You are living in the jurisdiction and under the judgeship and you are to operate in that jurisdiction and you are to execute the judgment of that judge that's on the inside of you. Amen. He's telling you Basilea means a dominion of the kingdom. Everybody holler out say dominion. Jesus told us in Genesis chapter number one, he said, I give you dominion over the whole earth. You're supposed to be living in dominion. That word Basilea means the door of life is on the inside of you. That's what it means in Greek. The door of life is on the inside of you. So if you want something to live in your life, open up the door. You want your money to come back alive, open up the door. You want your church to come back alive, open up the door. You need your children to come back alive, open up the door. You need something to come down out of heaven, open up the door. You need to get healed, do what? Open up the door. Say it with me. Open up the door. If you want something from heaven, all you got to do is open up the door. Everybody holler out say, I'm going to open up the door. You see, because the judge restores life. And it goes on. It means that it is the new world order that is exemplified by the life of Jesus Christ. We've heard about the new world order that the devil is trying to put into place. But let me tell you, on 2,000 years ago, on the cross when Jesus said it is finished, he put a new world order in the place and he gave us a decree to operate and to rule this world under the government of a new world order called the kingdom of God. And he put it on the inside of you. And he said, now it's so close on the inside inside of you and in your mouth and in your heart and you got the power to perform what the kingdom of God will do. Don't you know there ain't no sickness up in heaven. There ain't no poverty up in heaven. There ain't no pain up in heaven. We got the power to live victorious and over all that stuff. Boy, I'd love to preach tonight if I could. Smile at somebody and say, I got the kingdom in me. The world is literally an argument or a quarrel against the, the very new world order of Jesus Christ and his life. And the world needs a mediator to be able to mediate it and get it back to a place in an alignment with God. How many would say amen? amen? Now God placed Jesus as that mediator in heaven. Send the Holy Ghost down here to help somebody be the new mediator here. Who is that mediator here? You are. You're the one that brings the world back into alignment with the Lord. You're the one that relieves your children back in line with the Lord. You're the one that brings your church back. If your church is getting out of line, you're the one getting them back in line. If your body's getting out of line, you're the one supposed to get it back in line. You are the mediator. Everybody holler out and say, I'm a mediator. 
That don't mean you're the only mediator. You got many of them around. The very top kind mediator is Jesus Himself. The Holy Ghost comes down to help you mediate and bring things back together. When the world is quarreling at you, saying you're sick, you got the power to say, No, I ain't sick. The kingdom of heaven says, I'm not sick. When the world is quarreling at you, saying you're going to live in poverty all your life, you got the power to say, No, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing that there is up in heaven, and God will meet all of my needs according to His riches up in glory. You see, you got the power to go against that quarrel that's out there against the kingdom of God and enforce the judgeship and the order of God Himself. And you ain't got to walk around here and beat down, broke, busted, and disgusted, fed up, oppressed, and oppressed, and let it get over here and depressed and run over here from one mark to another mark. You need to hear God when God says, I'm your God and you're my child, and I put me in you so that you can live victorious. Boy, I preached tonight. I could go home right there if y'all got it. Amen. So, you have a jurisdiction over any quarrel against God's kingdom. You got that jurisdiction. God is a supreme judge, but you're a judge. We've got away from what the Bible says is a judging by the fruit they bear. You need to start judging the world. When something's evil, call it evil. When it's evil, call it evil, expose it in darkness. Ephesians said, if you'll expose it in darkness, the light will shine upon it and bring them into the kingdom of life. You need to be bold enough in the power of Almighty God and not worry about what nobody's got to say. Preach the truth, stand for the truth, live the truth, speak the truth, and let God do what he needs to do in and through and by you. God will do it in a great way if you'll get bold enough to do it. Amen. So he's telling you that you literally are the mediator and a judge. And it's completely different than what we perceive. Let me read the scripture to you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 41. Jesus said this. You have heard that it was said. An eye for an eye. And a tooth for a tooth. But he goes on. He says, but I say unto you. Do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek. Turn the other also. Now, that's hard to do, ain't it? And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give them your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. We don't like to hear that because our flesh don't want to like to hear it. Amen. I got to teach this a minute before I can bring in what God wants me to bring tonight. Now, Jesus is not telling you here that you literally need to submit, submit yourself to oppression. He's not telling you to sit there and let somebody beat you down in the ground. He's not telling you to sit there and and let somebody steal everything from you, take everything away from you. He's not telling you to let somebody use you and take everything you got. He's He's not telling you to literally react to things the way they react to you. He's telling you that you've got to learn how to react in a different way. You've got to learn how to react in a different new world order that is completely different than the world order that's out there. You've got to refuse within yourself that you are not going to react on the own terms of your oppressor. When your oppressor comes, you don't act the same way they do. If someone's jealous of you, the very spirit that defeats jealousy is humbleness, the spirit of meekness, and the spirit of love. We need to learn when someone is standing up against us in jealousy, if we'll fall down on our knees right in front of them and start praying for them, it'll change them. 
You are not to let the opponent dictate the methods that you literally go against their opposition. You are not to do what your opponent tells you to do. You are not to do what hell does to you to try to get even with them. You are supposed to find the third way. Not the second way, to do unto others as they have done unto me. You've got to learn how to do unto others as you would want them done unto you. So you got to find the third way. Punch that beside and say, find the third way. What it is, is it's a shift that goes on when you do that. It's a shift of the humiliation of the, the, the very person that strikes you with their hand. It's like a slave master slapping you in the face. And when you turn around and you bow up your fist and you say, okay, buddy, come right on. You force that person that thinks he's got control over you to treat you like an equal. That's how he's talking about it. He's not telling you let somebody beat you all over the place. So when somebody backhands you, you turn around and say, okay, come on now. Me and you equal. We'll take each other out. And he's not telling you to go to fight. Don't you listen to the fight. But if that devil comes to bring a fight with you, you make him stand before you and fight you in a right way and not the wrong way. Are y'all following me? Then it goes on, he says, give them your cloak. That's a shift in the humiliation of the system that literally strips people down and shames them to the point to where they can't hardly stand there. And you find a way to deal with that where you flip it completely around and the very system or the creditor that literally stripped that person and made them naked is the one that's put to shame. Yeah. you got to find the third way. Everybody hold on and say, find the third way. And when it says to walk, a second mile when somebody wants you to walk one mile with them. See, back the Roman soldiers could walk right up to you and slap you on your head, back slap you, and say, you're walking with me for a mile and you're carrying my load and you had to do it. And Jesus said, when they do you like that, find the third way. Here's why. Because the Roman army had a rule. They said, you can make a subject walk for a mile, but only a mile. And if that servant went in there and started walking and walked two miles with them, then that soldier that tried to oppress you, now you turn it around on them, and now they can have a trouble with refraction, or they can be punished. So you got to find the third way. How do you find the third way? Our flesh wants us to react the very way the other person does. you got to have the Holy Ghost to find the third way. Are you all with me tonight? Amen. Jesus is telling us that we have got to be leaders with power. Look at somebody say, I gotta be a leader with power. That's meaning you're not to be passive, you're not to be soft. It means you are fiercely powerful. It means that you it holds you, each person that you come in contact with with respect and with care. It means that you are literally fierce, but you're gentle at the same time. It also means that you see other people as your equal. Yes, sir. That's why no Christian ever needs to label nobody. No Christian never needs to call nobody a racial slur. Don't need to call them a redneck. Although I call myself one. Nobody should have a label in their life. Why? Because Jesus said my way of moving in ministry is that you began to see each other as equals. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Yes, Jesus said, you got to see me as equals. It don't matter that I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm at the cross and you're at the cross and I'm equal with you. It don't matter if God's gave me any more greater revelation than you've got. I'm equal with you. God has no respecter of person. we got to look at each other as they are equals to us. Yes, 
and when we get to church in here looking at everybody as they are equal, we'll fill this church up in a heartbeat. Amen. The word basilia, the Greek word for kingdom, means that the works that you are engaged in on a daily basis is a transformational business. And you are transforming things. Everybody, I say, I'm supposed to transform things. You're supposed to transform human relationships. You're supposed to transform leadership. You're supposed to transform structures and organizations that help us, that we've created to help people be human beings and being treated like human beings. We are in the transformational business. This is very important. I'm teaching right now because I've got to bring a word. You are supposed to be in the transformational business. You're supposed to be changing some stuff. The base of the word transformation is valuing human beings intrinsically, looking at their nature and accepting their nature. While you also value the point that you've got a message in your life and a life-serving purpose on the inside of you and you accept that person as they are and give them the respect that they have as an individual. We are to reclaim the divine realm of a central that a central intelligence of God that where we become central to human existence by offering the world new ways to be able to come to the point to understand what God is doing up in heaven. Now these new ways are old ways. We've known them all along, but we've discarded them in the church. Amen. Amen. We are in the transformational business. Look at somebody right beside of you and say, if I had a church. I'd have to name it transformation. That's the church that you are called into. You are to transform some stuff. And when you learn how to change it on the inside of you, you can change it on the inside of somebody else. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove or test and approve what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of Almighty God. He said, don't you be conformed to the age. He tells you, he said that word conform literally means to be fashioned like people out in the age. To follow the rules of the age. To follow the standards of the age. To do what the age would dictate to you to do. But God said when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, I bring a new world order on the inside of you. And now you're going out and you're going to find the third way of dealing with stuff. He said, you're not going to be conformed to them. You're going to be transformed. Look at somebody say, I must be transformed. The word transform means you, ex- you experience a metamorphosis. A metamorphosis means that you are like a butterfly, I'm sorry, a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon, stays a while, sprouts wings, sheds the, the cocoon, and you're a whole different looking person than what you were when you went into it. In other words, it takes a little bit of time. But thank God for the transformation, amen? It means that you began to be uh, brought out in a different form. You're brought out in a different appearance. You're brought out in a different character. You are literally both to do this in you and to do it in other people. Ask your neighbor right beside him and say, how many people you transformed? You're supposed to do it in you and you're supposed to do it out there in the world. We are supposed to look different, act different, talk different, live different than the world does. We don't supposed to be speaking the same language that the world speaks. We're not supposed to be wearing the same clothes that the world wears. We're not supposed to be going to the places that the world goes. 
We're not supposed to be partaking of some of the things that the world takes, Carla, because God has called us to have a new world order on this side and be transformed. You are to talk, walk, act, and do things different than the world. That's why I say when you come to church as a sinner, you need to be able to walk into a church and tell, hey, I ain't in the world no more. I ain't in the black lights of a, of a little dance hall. I'm not in the presence of a rock and roll band out there singing and having time jumping up and down. I'm in the presence of a king. They need to see that difference. We are to operate in a different character than what the world does. We are to act and do things differently. Amen. Why? Because Jesus said greater works than these that I do shall you do. Amen. Remember that power in you is the kingdom within you. And it causes you to affect other people within, not outside, within. Remember also, you are the medicine not only to yourself, but to somebody else. You're the one that can change people. You go through what you go through. The Bible says this plainly. You go through what you go through in life so that you can find comfort. And once you find comfort in what you go through, you are supposed to turn around and offer that comfort to the same people that are going through what you just went through. You are to transform some things. Amen. Say this with me. Say the power of God is placed within me. Now we all agree with that. Amen. But let me say it a different way. Say this with me. Say the power in God is placed in me. Big difference, ain't it? That means God, the same power that's in God himself is on the inside of you. And if God can speak to a dark world that's out of chaos and move on the spirit, the spirit on the waters, and he can say, let there be light, that means that that power that's in him is in you. And you can walk into the dark hell dens of the world and you can speak and immediately light has got to shine. Are y'all hearing me? That's how much power you got on the inside of you because you got the power in God in you. Oh, I wish I could get you to see that. you got the power in God in you. Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth and in hell. And I'm here to tell you right now, he said, I'm giving it to you. you got the power in Jesus, the power in God inside of you. you got the miraculous living on the inside of you. And when you can learn to release that miraculous and find the third way, God will bless you and God will change and transform your entire world, your church, your nation, your town, your family. All you got to do is get deep into Jesus, get deep in the Holy Ghost and open up the door. Boy, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight. You are to be transforming other people by the power that's in you. The power of God that is actually in you. And there's two keys of doing it. Two keys. You're to put yourself in second place. Hard to put yourself in second place sometimes, ain't it? You're supposed to put yourself in second place. And the second thing you got to do is you got to realize and recognize how other people are wired. Amen. That's the hard one. I live with Tina, and sometimes I don't know what sets her off and what she's wired. It's hard to know what sets him, uh, uh, Ben off and how he's wired. It's hard to know that. The only way you can know that is by what? A gift of the power that's on the inside of you. Amen. There are gifts of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost inside of you will teach you how to become second place. 
how to look at somebody and put their needs above yours. How to look at somebody and spend all day long studying the scripture so you can preach an hour message to them that hopefully will change their life. He will put you in second place. And then on top of that there, he will teach you how people are wired. And when he does that there, he'll give you that Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, because you can't do these things without the power of the Holy Ghost. There ain't no way to do it without the Holy Ghost. How many would love to change your children right now? You can't do it without the Holy Ghost. How many would love to change your preacher right now? I know Tina's hand ought to go up. Trevor's hand ought to go up. Betty's hand ought to go up. Yeah, y'all love to change me every now and again. Yes, y'all would. And the only way you're going to be able to do it is get the Holy Ghost in you. Called Kip, 54 years old, almost 55. He's setting his hey, way. I want you to preach. <laughs> I'm stubborn. I know I is. And the only way you're going to change me is sick the Holy Ghost on me out of you. The only way I'm going to change you is to sick the Holy Ghost in me out of you on you. The only way I'm going to change this church is let the Holy Ghost come out of me on you. The only way we're going to change our neighbor is to seek the Holy Ghost out of us only put ourselves in second place and learn out how they're wired. Why they do what they do when they do it, how they do it, what they say, what they say, and how they, what they mean when they say. we got to understand all that. And I'm going to tell you, it's a hard job to do it without the Holy Ghost. It's even hard sometimes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't do these things without the Holy Ghost. That's why 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 20 says, You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. Everybody say, I know all things. Oh, let me tell you something. I just said it was hard for me to know Ben, but I know Ben. I know Ben real good. It's hard to know John, but I know John. I know him real good. Hard to know Tina, but I know him real good. I might not know him. Kip might not know him. But let me tell you, who knows him? The one that's living on the inside of me knows him exactly. They know exactly what they need to hear. They know exactly what they need to see. God knows exactly what you need. And when we get so deep and touched in touch places with God, God's got to do something in our life. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. One translation says you have perfect knowledge inside of you. And another one says you have all knowledge on the inside of you. So everybody just say, I got all knowledge in me. Somebody right beside me, I'm a genius. You're an Albert Einstein here on this earth because you got God living on the inside of you. There ain't no problem that can come up in this world that you can't handle. You got the answer. You're a genius. You are got an intellectual mind like you. Let me tell you now, you might think I'm here buffing you up. No, I'm telling you the truth. Jesus said, All knowledge that you need, all truth you need, you know it. And if you know it, you can do it. Everybody say, I can do all things <laughs> through Christ that strengthens me. Are y'all getting me now? You're so smart, the devil couldn't get over on you if he tried. You're so smart, that demon that's in there trying to get you to throw up your hands and quit. He would never be able to get it done because you're too smart for it. Let me share what you live in. What a worship sinner is too smart for the devil. If we never start walking in that, we will cause hell to tremble. We will cause people to see that there is something different about this fellowship. And you will see people run to this place to get a change in their life. Because the realm of the miraculous lives on the inside of you. You know how people work. You know exactly how they're wired. You know what needs to be done. And when you tap into it, you'll say a word in season. And you'll say a word exactly when you need to say it, how you need to say it. That penetrate them to the very deepest part of their individual. And jerk out what hell's got into them and place on them inside of them what God's got to put in them. Am I preaching tonight or not? Smiling so much, say I'm a genius. Treat me like I'm a genius. Talk to me like I'm a genius. 
One person told me, chased me, one preacher told me, said, well, I don't know how well you can preach like that to your people. You know they don't get all that. I said, I have to probably not. I said, but that spirit man on the inside of them gets every word I say. They know exactly what I'm saying. I don't care. I'm not going to dumb down my message because I ain't got a dumb sheep flock here. I got one of the most intelligent flocks that there is in the United States of America and in the world. And I tell you, I can preach a deep message and you'll get it. You might not get it and show it manifested today, but it's on the inside of you. And when I preach against Prego, it gets on the inside of you and hell's got a problem with you. That's why he's fighting you like he is because he don't want you to start moving in it. But when you step up and you start moving with it, I'm going to tell you right now, this world's going to change. You're going to change. Living water's going to change. And God's going to bring a revival like you ain't never seen. Everybody holler out and say, I'm a genius. And God's going to use me in his final world. Amen. You're walking in the realm of the miraculous. Amen. The Good News Bible says, but you have had you have had the Holy Ghost poured out on you by Christ Himself. So you know all the truth. You know all the truth. You know nothing but the truth. You're gonna speak nothing but the truth. You're gonna testify nothing but the truth. When you tap into the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak the truth and you're going to tell the courtroom up in heaven nothing but the truth, a whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You're going to tell the devil when he comes trying to bring some accusation against you, I'm going to tell him the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And if you know the truth, you ain't going to fall for no lie. When you know the truth, hell can't have any power over you. When you got all the knowledge, hell can't come and put a rug out for up under you. We're walking and we're overcomers and we're victorious and everything because the power Power in God is in us. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God, I'll preach tonight. I can't go home right now. That word unction in 1 John is the word charisma. Everybody just say, I got charisma. That word charisma means the gift of God. In other words, you got God in here. Charisma means God's in here. It's a special endowment from God. And it is to be treated with medicine of the divine. It means you have been treated with the medicine of God. It means you are 100% healed on the inside. It means that not only if you're 100% healed on the inside, if you'll tap into it and open up the door, you're 100% healed on the outside. Oh my God, that means your mind is straightened out. That means your mind is transformed. That means you found the third way. That means the devil can't overtake you. That means the devil can't show up in your house. That means the devil can't bring no filthy packages of disease to your house. That means that you are an overcomer, that you literally got the power of Almighty God. You know all the truth and you got the knowledge. You literally have the medicine of the divine. That word charisma means you are compelling and attractive. Look at somebody say, I'm compelling. And I'm attractive. That's why you're in such much trouble. Because the devil is compelled by you. He is attracted to you. Because he knows if he can stop you, that he stops a big work. Because greater works than these are you going to be able to do. Are y'all with me tonight? Amen. It means that you got a charm on this. So look at somebody else and say, I'm charming. The devil don't want you out there performing the job that you need to perform. He don't want you to do that there because you're charming. You're inspiring. When you go out to somebody, they look at you and they say, oh my God, five of your family members died in two months and here you are, you ain't lost your mind and you're smiling and you got to go, you're charming, you're trying. Where are you getting that power at? And you say, oh, it's from God up in heaven and we meet down in the living water. Come on, get you some. You got me now. That's right. 
You're compelling. Everybody say, I'm compelling. Say, say it like you mean to say, I'm compelling. Say, say, I'm attractive. I'm attractive. You see, the devil's attracted to you. The world is compelled by you. The world is compelled by you. The world is attracted by you. You see, the devil's attracted to you. The world is compelled by you. The world is charmed by you. It means that you literally can change the devotion of other people. What God has put on the inside of you can change the devotion of other people. It is giving you a divinely conferred power or a talent. Tina tells people, say, he's got to get the gap. Me, anybody can talk to anybody. I can't. It's the gift of God. I can sit down and talk with a millionaire, and they feel like that they're talking to a millionaire. I sit down and talk to somebody ain't got nothing. They can feel like they're talking to somebody ain't got nothing. It's not nothing that I can do. It's the power of God on the inside of me. I can relate to about anybody. I don't know what it is. I'm like Paul. I can become to the Jew a Jew. I can come to the Greek a Greek. I can come to the Gentile a Gentile. I can be to the rich to rich. I can be to the poor to the poor. And it's because God put God's power on the inside of me. And it is God transforming me in the hour that he needs to transform me. So I say exactly what I need to say when I need to say it. The who I need to say it. How I need to say it. In the voice inflection I need to say it. Because I'm a genius. Everybody say I'm a genius. Well, if you don't get nothing tonight, I want you to get that. You know everything. Because you got God in you. You ain't dumb. You don't need to be whipped up because you got the victory power and you know how to get the victory. Mm, am I helping anybody tonight? If I am, you've got a good hand clap of praise. Amen. I'm almost done. I read to you the first miracle that Jesus done in Canaan. When he took water and he transformed it into wine. It was the first miracle Jesus ever done. When he started his ministry. He's telling us in the beginning, I took and transformed water into wine. He was telling you, I have a transformational ministry. And he's saying, what I'm going to put in you is transformational. Y'all got me tonight? It proved that he was the source of life. It symbolized to the church the new spiritual life, the spirit-filled life that Jesus brings to humanity when he took water and turned it into wine. Now, when you take the flip side of that, the first miracle that Moses done was he transformed the water of the Nile into the blood. And that killed people. That poisoned people. That brought death. The water ran out. And people went looking for some fresh water somewhere. And if they didn't find the fresh water, they died. God took that miracle that Moses done and the miracle that Jesus done and contrasted it to the old covenant and the new covenant. And he said that old covenant is by the letter and it'll kill you. But if you'll get a hold of the transformational ministry of Jesus Christ and allow him to live in you and you get deep in him and you get let the Holy Ghost get deep in you and you get as deep as you possibly can, you'll turn around everything that's dead and change it right before your eyes. You have a transformational business. You are supposed to be changing things and God wants his church to change some stuff and I want to know tonight how many is ready to go start changing some stuff hollering somebody say I'm a transformation stuff I'm a transform stuff I'm a moving today boy I preached amen Jesus miracles were life giving everything he done was to give life he filled people with joy he brought about a new wine he brought about a new bread he brought about a new life. Jesus went and fused the water pots which symbolizing the cleansing rituals of religion 
and use them to transform Judaism. And God wants to even take our own rituals that we go in and into the church and literally transform the church. In 2021, God is transforming Living Water Worship Center. He's already changed your pastor against a lot of opposition, I might add. He's changed me. He's transforming some stuff. He used those water pots to symbolize that he's changing religion. And he shared with us that he fulfilled all the rituals of the law. He brought it, filled it completely, and he replaced every ritual with a better one. Jesus said, and John said, that it was the beginning of signs. Everybody just holler out and say, get ready for signs and wonders. Lord, I don't know if I'm finished tonight or not. Lord, help me, Jesus. We've been talking about the miraculous. But signs is deeper than the miraculous. Because making wine takes time. How many here ever made wine? Nobody's never made wine. How many knows seen people that have made wine? You don't take grape juice and throw it in a jug and tomorrow you got wine. It takes a while to make wine, don't it? So, 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 so making wine takes time. But in a split second... Jesus showed his power over nature because he took water and changed it completely into wine. What he's telling you is you can fill up water pots, but I'm the one that can satisfy you and fill you up. You can go through all your rituals of praise and all your rituals of worship and all your rituals of prayer and all that stuff, but I'm the only one that can fill you up. What would take months or years for you to do? God said in 2021, listen to me right now. He said, whatever would take years and months and decades for you to do right now in 20, everybody say right now. Right now in 2021, God in a split second is going to turn it completely around because you're in the transformation business. Amen. Smile at somebody and say, bring the signs, Lord. Bring the wonders, Lord. So the Holy Ghost is inviting us into the realm of the miraculous. Are y'all ready? Amen. Now, a miracle is an event that's not explained by natural or scientific laws. In other words, it is a law being applied to a law and changing the law. That's what a miracle is. But a wonder is a manifestation of a divine agent. Something that's supernatural. A wonder. And I want you to also understand, when something happens that is a wonder, it causes people to get excited. Now, now the word miracle comes from the word samirios. And it literally means to smile and to laugh. So when God brings a miracle, everybody has some joy. I preach to some of y'all, and some of y'all just look like you ain't got a bit of joy. Don't smile. Don't do nothing. But God said, when you experience my miracle working power, you're going to smile. And you're going to laugh. What God is telling us in 2021, baby, get ready because I'm coming into Living Water Worship Center with a move of laughing. I'm moving in here with a move of joy. Some of y'all fixing to fall out of the pew laughing. Some of y'all just going to laugh. You're going to just break out in laughter and you ain't going to be able to stop. You're going to laugh to the point of your insides hurt. God is about to change something in your life. Get ready for what I'm speaking and get ready. Here comes the miracle working of Almighty God. He's going to bring some joy for, and the oil of gladness for all types of oppression and all types of hell. God is about to pour out a brand new 
move in this new era. Get ready for it. I don't know if you're ready for it, but I'm ready for it. I'm praying for it. I'm expecting it. God is moving right now. Are you ready to receive it tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Smile. Laugh a little bit. There's three Greek words when it comes to the miraculous. One, sameon. And you want to really say it the way it is. It says I'm one. Anytime God does a sign, it says that he's one. It says that I am. When God shows up, he is saying I am that I am. When he shows up and he shows a sign, he's saying I am that I am. I will be what I need to be when I need to be it, who I need to be it, and how I need to be it. And he sends a sign. That is the word Sameon. It means a sign that literally defines not just your life, but an age. So when God is about to change something other right now, what he's about to do right now is generational. God's brought about revivals in the church before, but let me tell you something, Janice. God, what God is fixing to do right now is about to change this age. It's about to change the generation. Generational curses are going to be curses are literally going to be wiped away by the next move of Almighty God. Are you ready? The second word is teras, and it is the word that is translated wonder. And wonder means something that is monumentous or something that is calamitous. It can be wonderful or it can be a calamity. In other words, outside on the street, God is going to use your own shadow to heal the sickness. But in the church, if you come in here and you lie to the Holy Ghost, you're going to be Ananias and Sapphira. We're going to call the very rescue squad to come get you and carry you to the hospital, and you're going to find yourself into the funeral home dead. God said, when I come and I bring a wonder, when I bring that wonder in, I'm going to do something either great or I'm going to do something bad. So God is going to move on different, two different fronts. The third one is dunamis. It means power that's on the inside of you by nature. Power to perform a miracle. Power to bring your moral power to where you can live an excellent soul life in your life. Power that influences not only your life but it influences your wealth. How many of you need God to influence your wealth right now? You got it on the inside of you. Release it. Open up the door. God gave you every blessing in heavenly realms, and you need to move in it. It literally means power of an army. God said, I'm sending the dunamis power back to the Lord. He's saying unto you, I have my angels standing at attention right now. I'm ready to move in my power. If you open the door, I'll send them in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm preaching tonight. There's some Hebrew words for it, too. There's two of them. One of them is off. It means a sign that grabs somebody's understanding. And the next one is mo faith. Everybody say that with me. Mo faith. That's 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 African American slang term for more faith. <laughs> mo faith. It's spelled M-O-P-H-E-T-H. It's more faith. But it means faith or, or something that's standing out as to be clearly seen. Something that you can see that's visibly attracting attention. It's a display of God's power. It is God moving in his gifts. It is the power in God moving in his children, by his children, through his children, out his children to transform the world they're living in. Y'all with me tonight? Amen. Yeah. So let's talk about them real quick. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to try to close. If y'all let me preach a little bit longer, I would. If y'all want me to hush, I'll hush right now. Is it all right if I preach just a little bit more? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When the church has that, say Amen. Now, 
concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit, and that's in capital S, that means by the Holy Ghost of God, calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts. Circle that, diversities of gifts. All different kinds of gifts. But it's the same Holy Ghost. Same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. Circle that. But it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. Circle that. But it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, when the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost shows up, is given to every man to profit with all. It's given to you so that you can profit. Verse number 8 says, For the one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom. We'll talk about that sometime later. To another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. And to another gifts, notice this plural, of healing by the same spirit. Verse 10 says, To another the working of miracles. Knowing how to work not just a miracle, but miracles. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers or different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Holy Ghost Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, I want you to look at the word, the, 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 the diversities of operations. Circle that. Maybe in your Bible, draw a circle down to where it's got the working of miracles. That's the same word. He's saying the diversities of operation and the workings of miracles is the same thing. It is the word energema. It literally means the power in God. That's been our thing tonight. It's the power in God. The energy in God. The power in God. A miracle is done by the power in God. And the power in God is in who today? Who? It's in living water too, right? It's in us because we're all together. So, so, So here we are now. We got the power in God. So the working in the miracles has a foundation in faith. Let me read that. Go over to Galatians chapter number 3. I think it's a, a one book, two books over. Galatians chapter 3. The workings of miracles has its foundation in faith. Listen to how Paul put it here to the Galatians. Y'all got it? Say amen. amen. Verse 2 says, This only would I learn of you, and he's asking this question. He said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or did you receive the Holy Ghost by the hearing of faith? Are you foolish? Having begun in the Holy Ghost, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain. Verse 5 says, he, therefore, that ministers to you the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth, it, he, doeth he by it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Everybody say, miracles happen because they are based in faith. 
We'll get to that in just a minute. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Say, I am the child of Abraham. All right, if you believe that, he goes on further. And he says, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which, which, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. Say it like this. Say, I, I will bless the nations by the power that's in me, which is the power in God. So you got to have faith to perform the working of miracles. You got that with me? Because faith is the first realm of glory. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the word, when you hear it, becomes the word of God in us and the power of God in us. And it is the power in God in us. And when we release the word of faith, it becomes a miracle working word. Now, also he tells you there that you got to be anointed. To be able to, uh, anointed with power, to be able to do the miracles. So you got to have faith that God can do the miracle and that he can do the miracle in you. And you got to believe that that power is, of God is in you and the power in God is in you. And when you release it, it is being done and it will be there. But you also got to be anointed with power. That's the second realm. That is the anointing because you cannot work a miracle in your own street because the Bible says that God is the one that even done the works through Jesus. It's the Father. Thirdly, you have got to yield to God and in the flowing of the glory. So you got to have faith. You got me now? Say, yeah, I got to have faith. You got to believe that there is a miracle that's going on. Amen. You got to be anointed with power. And you got to yield when God's ready to move. So you got to have faith for hearing. And you got to have great love on the inside of you to bring about great miracles. The greatest power that is available to God's children today is great love. It's God's love. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost has shed his love in your hearts. It's that love of Jesus that put himself in second place. He died on the cross of Calvary so you could be saved. Y'all with me tonight? The greatest thing about the love of God, it's not like miracles. Miracles manifest as the Spirit wills. But the greatest gift of God, love, his love, is available all the time. It don't have to just manifest. It's here all the time. We got to quit in this church being moved by feelings and start being moved by feelings. Can I say that again so y'all catch it? You got to quit being moved by feelings and start being moved by feelings. Betty comes up here and she says, I want you to pray for me because I'm sick. And I lay my hands on her and I say, all right, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. Mm -hmm. If she's moved by feelings mm -hmm. and she don't stop hurting and stop getting sick, she's going to walk back to her seat and she's going to stay sick. Mm -hmm. But if she is moved by feelings, what God fills you up with, right. 
than she is because she knows all truth and she's got all knowledge. She's going to grumble with that thing that's making her sick. And she's going to mediate that quarrel in her life to get in alignment with God. So we got to be motivated with feelings, yeah. not feelings. That's right. Ask your neighbor, say, what are you filled with? Mm -hmm. That's a good way to leave it right now. Because great miracles happen when you develop compassion for the sick people. When you see somebody sick and you have compassion for them and you pray for them, you pray for them in a different way than you do when you just have empathy for them. When you have compassion for them, you ain't feeling sorry for them, you have compassion for them, you release the love of God, and a miracle takes place. Yes. Amen? Yes. A lot of people say, well, I prayed for healing, and I didn't get it. How many prayed for healing and you didn't get it? Be honest. Raise your hand. How many prayed for financial blessing and you didn't get it? How many prayed for somebody to get saved you ain't seen it yet? All right. Can I tell you why it hadn't happened yet? Can I leave you with that tonight? Would y'all thank the Lord to find out why tonight? If you're ready for it, give God a good hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this. For, let's turn there. Let's turn there real quick so I won't miss it. Let's just flip over just a couple verses. Just a couple of uh, things. It's really good. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse number 6. When you can sit in black and white, say amen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now that word please means you get in alignment with him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Everybody here tonight believes that he is. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. He is. He is. I am that I am, right? Everybody agrees that I ain't got to preach on that, right? You got that. Okay. Here's your next problem. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Church don't believe that no more. Because the word rewarder means one that pays your wages. One that gives you a paycheck. When the right side of paycheck you and hands it to. Rewarder means if you got faith with the Lord that God has hired you, recruited you, hired you, gave you a business called transformation, and he wants you to work in the business of transformation, and as you work, I'm going to pay you while you're working in your business. Amen. Amen. We don't believe that God's got a paycheck waiting for us. You know how I know that? Because people don't come to church no more. Everybody say amen. Don't come to church no more. If they knew that the paycheck was waiting on them at the church, that they got on Friday, where would they be? Is anybody ever laid out of work on Friday just to lay out? Well, no. You'd be feeling bad when you wake up, boy. You're going to get there to get your money. Amen. I worked all week, and he's held my money for a week. I'm going to get my money today. I've been nice and gracious to him to let him wait a week to pay me, and he's going to pay me now. And we get up, and we're sitting in there on Friday, and we expect when they come around with a paycheck. We can't even work because we wait for the... Amen. Am I preaching all right? Amen. 
How many times have you come into the church and you just couldn't even get your mind? I said, when's the Lord coming up with my paycheck today? <laughs> That's the way we need to start acting. That's right. He said, I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. Yeah. Well, when you ask him for a financial blessing, you are diligently seeking him. When you're asking him for a healing, you are diligently seeking him. And he says, if you diligently seek me, I'm going to write you a check. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to fill up your bank account. You ought to get happy about that. God said, i got all this waiting on you. All you got to do is show up so I can write it to you. I will meet your need according to my riches and glory. We don't believe God will write the check. We don't believe. We'll seek Him and not believe that He will bless us. We'll pray for the healing and we want it because the devil has convinced us that the Holy Ghost ain't got no power. But let me tell you something other than that. He's got all power. And I want this church to know when we pray and we diligently seek Him that we're going to get paid for what we seek. Are y'all with me tonight? Look at someone say, I'm going to get my paycheck. Everybody look at the Lord and say, Lord, give me my paycheck. Give me my paycheck right now. I don't know about you, but I need my money. I'm like E.F. Hutton. I want my money and I want it now. Who is that? Hey, I don't know who that is. R.J. Whitmer. I want my money and I want it now. I ain't going to wait another day. I ain't going to wait another service. I want it right now. Amen. And when we start, I feel the anointing of the Lord. When we start acting like that, hell ain't going to be able to stand it. Because when we walk in this house and we diligently seeking God, we're going to walk out of here with healing showing up in this house. We're going to walk in here. We're going to see people stand up out of the wheelchair. We're going to see people get up out of the deathbed. We're going to see the drug addict walk into the church and give their heart to God. We're going to see the drunk walk in here and give their heart to God. We're going to see families at one time saved by the power of Almighty God. God is about to do something because there's a fellowship in Blake, North Carolina that believes that the power of the Holy Ghost is in us, living in us, moving in us, and the power in God is in us moving and we're going to move in the power of God. Look at someone say, Lord, give me my paycheck. That was worth coming to church for. Wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> so God is saying living water. Will you start moving in the glory realm of God? Will you start moving in the miracle working glory that I put on the inside of you? In Genesis chapter 1, when God moved on this earth, he took a hopeless situation and turned it around with his words. And when you, listen to me, look at me. When you speak the word of God to a situation, the universe has got to get in alignment. Oh, y'all got to hear. When you speak to your finances in the Word of God, it's got to get into alignment with the God's Word. When you speak, the miracle is released immediately. But you still got to grab it. I can have your paycheck up here all day, John. But if on Sunday I'm going to pay you and you don't show up, where's that check going? And you better hope 
that I show up next that's Sunday right, to pay you. That's right. I might not show up next Sunday. So when you miss the paycheck this Sunday, it might be five Sundays before you show up. Now, this Sunday coming up is my anniversary. I want you to hear me now. Right. I, would, I would love to be able to go somewhere with my wife away from y'all, but God said we can't do that That's because right. God said it's the anniversary on the day of Pentecost right. of my church, and I brought my church, so I'm coming in here to give you a double blessing. When you going to get ready for it, receive Woo! So I got to stay here and spend time to get you your paycheck so I can enjoy my life a little bit later on. So I want to know, are you coming to get your paycheck, son? Lord, let me hush. Will you let me hush, Lord? Amen. Okay. Say this, I'm a hush. Acts chapter 2, verse 19 tells you that the signs of God happen on the earth. The signs of the Holy Ghost happen in the earth. But the wonders of God happen in the heavens. In Exodus chapter number 4 verse 8 God told Moses, he said when you go stand before the world and you perform this sign, if they don't hear the voice of the sign do the next sign. So a sign has a voice. And when a sign appears in the earthly realm, there is a voice that is speaking out. And I want to close tonight with our brother John. Chapter 17, verse 24. I got to read this. The Lord won't let me hush on this. I got more, but the Lord said for me to hush. Smile at somebody and say, I'm going to get my paycheck. I'm going to get my paycheck. I wonder how many paychecks we've missed. I wonder how many we've left in the make account up in heaven. We can show you in our account right now. Seventeen twenty-four. I want everybody to see that. When you get it, stand with me. John seventeen and twenty-four. I preached a long time tonight. Preached an hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> 17 and 24. I want you to read this with me. Father, this is Jesus talking. I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. It is God's will, it is Jesus' will that you see his glory that you live in the glory realm, that you experience the angels and their ministry, that you experience the power of God and the power in God in you through the Holy Ghost, transforming your world, transforming your situation. Jesus wants you to see his glory. How many of you here tonight want to see his glory? I'm like Moses. Moses said to God, show me your 
glory. I want to see your glory. In this house, we've got to come together with that one desire. Lord, I want to perform the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer, not, not what we pray is called it the Lord. That's the model prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus' prayer is, I want to show Thelma Worm my glory. I want you to see my glory. I want you to see me and my kingship. I want. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that Jesus said, you're not asking for nothing unusual. This is the way it's supposed to be. Y'all got me? This is yours. This is your paycheck. Your paycheck is what's in what is the glory of Jesus. And I read to you in John chapter 16 the other night, I read to you that the Holy Ghost, when he comes to you, is going to show you everything that God gave Jesus. And when he shows it to you, it is declared. And when it is declared, he said, I'm going to declare it to you, so I'm going to show it to you, and I'm going to declare it to you. But he's not going to give it to you. you got to grab it. You got me now. I can release it tonight, but you got to grab it. I can release your healing from this pulpit on this very thing online, but you got to reach out and you got to grab it right now. It's free, and you get paid to grab it. When are you going to grab it? Smile at someone say, I'm going to get my paycheck. Mm -hmm. I got to leave with just a little bit of power tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, take this word, bless it, use it upon you. And your children do a great work in their heart, Lord God, right now. Let them move in the power of Almighty God in the miraculous. I'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hug a neck, shake a hand. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
in our offering, those that have given in their praise and in their worship. Bless those that have reached out and grabbed what you have called them to receive tonight. Go with us, lead God, and direct us. Give us the wisdom to use your money for your glory. We'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for it all in the precious holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let the church say amen and amen. Hug an egg, shake a hand, and we'll see you Sunday. Amen. Praise God. Conditioner off back there in the back. If you would. Offer. Yeah. 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 yeah.